Welcome to episode 14 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Joining me as usual is my main man, John and Mung. How are you guys doing today? Start with you, John. Why don't you tell people where they can find you and, and how you've been doing? What's up, y'all? John here. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Trades. And been looking forward to this one here, Mike, and, and talking tight end today. Getting the Smash Accept crew together is always a good thing. You know, when you talk to people, tight ends is the last position that usually comes up. Everybody wants to talk about running backs and wide receivers, but it's an exciting time right now. And this is how is. winning is done. I mean, we're going to talk about these tight ends and, and break it down, but there is a huge advantage to take care of right here oh, and yeah. right now. So, for sure. I mean, tight end premium leagues have become pretty trendy and in some ways it's bringing the sexy back on tight ends so it, it can become a real advantage for you in, in some of those leagues that's right mung welcome back to the show how you doing tonight hey what's going on guys uh it's good to be back talking some tight ends uh as always you can find me on twitter at ffa underscore mung that's m-e-n-g and uh, i do a weekly column right now on fan tracks uh, about dynasty buys and sells if you guys want to talk more um this week's column is going to be about running backs, so we won't get into that, but you can find that out uh, if you read the article. But I, I don't think we talk about tight ends enough because no. really they're the one position that it's the hardest to find true different difference makers at. And it's, it's really a struggle. There's a lot of analysis that goes into whether you're overpaying for a guy who's really not that different from the pack uh, or, you know, finding those gems like the Kittles and Kelsey's who have emerged as, you know, those elite guys who can win your weeks. Yeah. And Kittles, the guy we're going to talk about. I mean, tonight's episode is called Kittles Taste the Tight End Rainbow. You know, the tight end. Hey, oh, dad joke city. Uh, but we're literally going to be breaking this down because the landscape has changed quite a bit over the past year. And some of the guys are really vaulting up boards and there's just a major shakeup. I mean, obviously we were all hit by the George Kittle news. We talked about it last week on the pod, John, that I got my first share of, of Kittle and I was so excited about it, you know, giving up Sutton and Fant. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And then, really you know, right. I think I jinxed it. So if you guys want to yeah. throw that Twitter shade out there, blame it on the dad. <laughs> you know, I went and got Kittle. I've been that Kelsey guy for years and I went and got him and it's my fault. But, uh, you know, the news came out today. Um, obviously that, that we've heard our rosters and everything like that, but it's better than expected. Um, can Inman, who's like an inside reporter said that George Kittle's CT scan showed a foot fracture to the cuboid bone and not a Jones fracture, which is huge. Um, right now John Lynch told Greg Papa on KNVR radio, the recovery time is much less and you know, he's going to miss our fantasy season, unfortunately, but it's not the same kind of recovery time we're talking about with a Jones fracture and a Jones fracture typically zaps guys from their explosiveness. So, uh, I was and no surgery, right? Is exactly. Yep. And yeah. according to, to Dustin shoot, who's a board certified doctor, I was talking with him and he said, he's not going to need surgery. You know, it's a non weight bearing thing for six weeks. Then he's going to have a boot for another, you know, one to two months, no surgery should be good to go for 2021, which is fantastic because we are at the halfway point here. And if we get something major, that Jones fracture might've carried into training camp a little bit, but it sounds like he's going to be good to go, you know, by the beginning of the year, like beginning of 2021, not just the football season, but the actual 2021 year. So great news for the Kittle owners, you know, that he is going to be ready to bounce back. And we're all excited about that, you know, and that, and that's what we're here to do today is just, smash up some trades, you know, chop it up, talk about some of these trades that you guys sent in. 
Uh, you guys did a fantastic job sending in trades with our Dak Prescott episode, with our Michael Thomas episode. And this is really what we're trying to do at Smash Accept is make this about you guys. Make it about the trades that you want to hear about, the trades that you want to make, the trades that you've already made and let us, you know, made, not maked, <laughs> but that you guys have made that we can really chop up for you guys. When you guys put in hashtag smash accept, make sure you guys put in there what kind of league it is. Is it 10 team, 12 team, 14? Is it tight end premium? Is it super flex? Are you contending? Are you rebuilding? Put in as much information as possible. And, you know, myself or John or Mung or Jesse or, or Mark. I mean, we have so many guys in the smash accept crew that are jumping in on trades. Hit us up in DMs. And I, every time you guys put hashtag smash accept, I'm putting that into our group chat. So you guys ready All to chop up, chop up some trades? Smash them up. All right, let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. You know, pre-injury here with Kittle, we were talking about three firsts. Am I correct? Exactly. You know, he was, three firsts. He was a mid-second startup pick, you know, depending on what kind of tight end premium he went a little bit sooner. You know, if you were in 1.75, and and that's something you guys got to put out there, you know, is like some tight end premiums are 1.5. You know, you get that extra 0.5. Some of them are 1.75. Some of them I've heard as high as, you know, it's a full extra point PPR. So those are very important. But he was going for three firsts. And, uh, you know, all these trades except one, let's assume they're tight end premium because this is 2020. If you're not playing tight end premium, you should be. It just levels the playing field. That's why we play super flex. That's why we play tight end premium. That's why we play points per carry. It all just kind of brings it all closer together for your roster construction. So the first one sent in from Jamie Thompson, listener of the show. She's at pork underscore 19. Sent a 12 team super flex contender. And she sent Kittle for Tom Brady, David Montgomery, Jalen Rager. Now, I asked her afterwards because she hit me up on the DM. And guys, do this all the time. You know, if you want more in-depth, the best analysis possible, hit us up with the DMs too after we answer your question. But she goes, right now, just so you know, I have Gronk and Waller. So I felt like Kittle was something I can move and I'm a contender. So I really want to move into that driver's seat. So she gets Brady who is right now going to be her QB two. She gets Montgomery, who's going to fill in as her RB two because she was light there. And then she gets Jalen Rager, who I know Mung absolutely loves Jalen Rager. So we're going to start with you, Mung. Break this one down here for me. How do you think she did? Yeah, I think this makes a lot of sense, given that she does have Waller and Gronk to fill in for her contending roster. And like you said, uh, you know, people who have listened to this podcast in the past know that I do love Jalen Rager. Uh, I see immense upside there. Uh, you know, even in his first game back against the Cowboys, he had one touchdown, almost had another. So um, I, he's a guy that I would look to build around in the future. And as for the Bucks, uh, I was touting them way back in May as legit Super Bowl contenders with Brady being a possible MVP candidate. And that was before uh, any talk of Antonio Brown joining them. So down the stretch here, if they get a healthy trio at some point, of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown, the sky's the limit here, and Brady could be a league winner. Uh, I love this trade; it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was I- I- at first glance, you look at it and you're like, well, maybe maybe Montgomery's a depth play, and maybe, but Brady's going to fill in as her QB two, and she's going to have to start Montgomery, which is huge, you know, knowing who you're going to have to play and who you're going to have to start. John, what do you think of the trade? I, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm not quite as high on it as Mung is, but I think we knew that, right, with Brady and Rager involved in the deal. Yeah, I, what um, I told her was it doesn't look sexy on yeah. paper, right? But if she's going yeah, for a it, title, 
Tom Brady right going now. For a run. He's the QB five. He's the QB five. Yeah. Montgomery. You know, you have a lot of. I think what really makes the trade work for me is is Rager because you still have that upside mm-hmm. piece. A lot of times you're trading for, you know, you're going for a title run and you just go get a bunch of older players. But here they're still getting that nice young piece with upside, and it just kind of it, it feels good. But I think next year you're gonna really you're gonna miss Kittle. But if hurt. you win the title. Yeah. It doesn't matter. For that reason, I was going to suggest maybe shopping him a little bit more and make sure you've got is the best damn deal you can get for, for a guy like Kittle. But yeah. if you're making a run, I, I get it. And that's a smash smash except rule. Like uh, one of the guys was like, this was the best offer I got. I, I took the first one. I'm like, if you're shopping a Kittle or a Zeke or a Mahomes or someone that is top notch, you have to put it out there in your league chat. You got to know yeah. your league mates. And you got to say, more. listen, Kittle's for sale. Who wants him? What are you going to pay? You know, you don't take the first trade unless it blows you away. You wait and you see what you can get because Kittle's value is not going to drop. It's not going to drop from now until next year. I mean, it's not going to drop, period. So you don't have to be in a rush because unless you are a contending team and you're really trying to move, which is what our guy here, Jonas Frowitter, at at Frojohn, I like that. He traded away Kelsey for Kittle. Now listen a little bit closer. He is tanking. So he is in that Trevor Lawrence sweepstake and Kelsey's given him points that he doesn't need. And we talked about this with the Dak Prescott. And we talked about this with guys where you're picking up. If you are trying to tank, go get those studs on IR or go get picks. They're going to, they're not going to depreciate in value. And what he did was, was brilliant. And this is one that I absolutely love, but he, he traded to the seven and one team. He gave him Kittle or Kelsey. He gets Kittle. And now he's in a position to get Trevor Lawrence. John, I know this is one that you and I talked about before we jumped on air here. What do you think of this trade? Yeah, so I think if I if I can go on a little rant, I think this immediately turns into the Kelsey versus Kittle debate, and so maybe we'll get to that in a second. I, but I'm okay with it given the circumstances. It does make sense. And Mike, we were talking about you lower your potential points in a lot of leagues by this move. You just you just slot it into zero, and it improves your chances. Of getting a higher pick, right, and, and, and go get Trevor Lawrence. So I, I get it, but you know, if I may, uh, and, and I'd love to hear Mike and, and Mung what you guys think about this. I'm still electing Travis Kelsey, the tight end one. You know, all the mail-in ballots have been counted. I'm calling it. He's the he's the 101 tight end for our country. Well, uh, for, for me at least, that, that was my vote. Because our Twitter poll, the results aren't 100% in. You know, Trump can't refute these right now. We're talking about it's not quite set, but. 47% of you guys said that the tight end one is is Kelsey now. And 40% said Kittle. Yeah. And we know we know Twitter is a bit of a mob sometimes, and they go with the recency bias. Um, yeah. Before sure. I, I start gushing about that, Mung, is Kittle still your tight end one? Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, I understand where John's coming from because Kelsey's not that old, right? He's only 31 and even if his speed falls off a little bit, he's going to be on one of the best offenses in the league until he retires, uh, at least that we know of. Um, and even if you know he doesn't get those 100-yard games anymore, he's still going to be one of Mahomes' go-to guys, especially in the red zone. So the receptions and the touchdowns shouldn't really fall off in the next few years. Yeah. Um, so I absolutely get that. But at the same time, we know George Kittle is younger. Um, if we had to go off pure athleticism at this point, he's a better yards after the catch guy as well. Um, and we still don't know. Here's the thing. If Kittle has untapped upside, because 
We know Jimmy Garoppolo struggled, but regardless of who's going to be at quarterback, whether it's a healthy Garoppolo one or someone else, uh, it's possible that we have yet to see Kittle's ceiling. And I say that because he's the clear number one in a Shanahan offense, which utilizes the tight end a ton. Um, and if he does get, you know, if the Niners hit on somebody in the draft, or maybe if, if even they're in the Dak Prescott sweepstakes, right? We don't know what exactly is going to happen there. But the floor is, you know, a top three tight end. And we still have yet to see that ceiling. Yeah, I think the difference, and if maybe I'm maybe I'm guessing here, but John and I, I, me personally, I build my team with the tight end as the last piece. You know, I don't like to draft a young tight end and kind of move it. Sometimes I, I'm if I'm contending, I want Kelsey. That's the thing. I mean, Kelsey is right. is the most consistent tight end for fantasy. George Kittle's the best tight end in football, bar none. No questions asked. Yeah. When you talk about complete tight end because he's a blocker he does everything that you need to do Kelsey's the best receiving tight end in my opinion because he's on that Chiefs offense that's the guy I want and if you look at I mean I saw today on Twitter 2019 versus 2020 if you do his projection for this year versus what he did I mean it's the staple of consistency 136 targets on pace for the exact same last year 97 receptions on pace for 96 last year 1229 on pace for 1220 it's that positive TD regression where he's at five last year. Now he's on pace for 12, you know, and that's, yeah, that's it. the difference right now for me is Kelsey. You know, I like to take my tight ends for one to two year windows, play them when they're there. And I, I have no arguments. What you said, Mung, that was great information. What's going on right now is if I am tanking, if I am going, if I'm in a mm-hmm. rebuild, John, I got, I got a, I got a fever to get George Kittle. Do you know what prescription is? More trades, baby. More it's trades. That, it's that cowbell, baby. So more cowbell. Yeah, we're we're Gotta getting a little bit cowbell. more high tech here on the Smash, except you Love know we're it. getting a little Love bit it. of a soundboard. But that is the move to make if you are a contender, and you have Kittle, flop the two because I feel like if someone's not in that position to contend, you give them Kittle, you get Kelsey, you win the championship, you win. If you're on the other side and you're tanking and you have Kelsey and your team's not very very good. Move up and get yeah. Kittle. Now you win. It's a win-win. And that's what our guy here did fantastically. I got to say shout out to you. You know, that that was a fantastic trade. And that's how that's how winning's done, Jonas. I love it. Uh, the next trade sent in for Sosa. He's at FF underscore Sosa. He said he needs urgent help on this one. 12 team, PPR, super flex, tight end premium. He's going to give up Kittle and Jalen Hurd. So let's just call it Kittle because at this point, Jalen Hurd might as well be cut. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is exploding. Debo's there. And Kendrick Bourne's actually a better player. And he's receiving Josh Allen, Carrion Johnson, and Mark Andrews. Now, Twitter still has this at 42% Kittle. But on my end, this feels like a smash except where you're getting Josh Allen, who is right now a top eight, top eight quarterback. Carry on Johnson, okay, but you're getting Mark Andrews, who's still in most people, and according to our Twitter poll right now, he's the tight end four on the season. He's more like the tight end 14. I'm pretty bullish on this deal that I would give that up. He is trying to still contend, so he's getting Mark Andrews. He's getting Josh Allen. Help me out with this one, guys. Yeah, I might bring that cowbell again there, Mike. Oh, uh, I would I, I would do it. I'm pausing to, to... – let you, let you oh, we're going back to the cowbell. Hey, yeah, we're back there to you it. Go. There it is. I, I wanted to make sure we got that in for this one. No, I for Josh it. Allen and no, Andrews, 
Yeah, I'm taking that. It's I'm basically a two I, for one, and then who knows what? I mean, carry on. He's still young. I'm not writing him yeah, off. He's, he's a guy he might land that, somewhere else. That I'm. Yeah, exactly. By the time he gets to free agency, you know, he's still only going to be 23 years old. Mung, any quarrels with this deal? No, I think the value is definitely uh, on that package side. Again, you know, Allen and Andrews have both struggled a little bit in the last yeah. few games, but I still do believe in both of their talents. Uh, but I will say, I don't think that this is necessary, excuse me, necessarily a loss for whoever's getting Kittle, though, because, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, they mentioned it's tight end premium and Andrews is more of a touchdown guy. So that premium scoring doesn't really help him as much as it does a guy like Kittle. So again, the value's there, and I, I would do that in a contending team for sure. Uh, yeah. But I, I think it's still a fairly even deal. Yeah, and it, I mean, it just comes across as what we're going to talk about on the show is if you are not contending, make the offers for Kittle. Go get it. Also, when you're doing a super flex trade, my number one rule is if I give up a quarterback, I want a quarterback. You know, if I'm giving up Josh Allen, I don't care if it's a back end guy like I did that that deal I was talking about where I got Kittle. I got him to throw in Phillip Rivers because I gave up Daniel Jones. You know, if I'm giving up a quarterback, I don't care if it's Dwayne Haskins. I don't care if it, you know, get a quarterback thrown in the deal because look what we're looking at now. I mean, Chase Daniels is going to start because Matthew Stafford's come down with COVID. You know, there's so many quarterbacks that just, and I was talking to John, what I do with those kind of things is teams that had Matthew Stafford. I went out as soon as I got the news and I picked up Chase Daniels in every super flex league I'm Welcome. in. And I put out there and I said, Hey, I have a third round pick next year. You guys give me a second. I'll give you Chase Daniels in a third. And I'm getting a lot of different offers from that. You know, upgrade your picks. Be savvy with that kind of stuff on that news. But quarterbacks, yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins right yes. Now. Yeah, absolutely. And and whoever's yeah. whoever's gonna start for Dallas, because they got <laughs> I mean, I went out and picked up Cooper Rush everywhere. They're talking about him. Now they've gone to, you know, uh Jarrett. Yeah. Like they're just coming up with names. I I mean, you ne next thing even you as know, an Eagles fan, you have to feel kind of sorry for the. Cowboys, I, I never feel right? sorry for the Cowboys, but I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe Troy Aikman will roll out there this week. Let's move on to our next trade here. Um, another big fan of the show. I talk to this guy very regularly, Chris Oxford at CS underscore Oxford or Orford. Sorry, uh, twelve team tight end superflex PPR. You know all the the normal Kittle. Or, and I know, Mung, you responded to this one as well, and, and you have dialogue with this person as well, is he gave up Kittle, and we're getting Ingram, Judy, and a third. He said his other tight ends right now are Jimmy Graham and Jack Doyle, so he's kind of hurting a little bit, and he wanted to still contend. So is Ingram, Judy, and a third enough for George Kittle? Mung, I know you answered this one on Twitter, so I know your answer. I'm going to go to John first here. Is that enough? You know, Evan Ingram right now falls in as like the tight end eight. He's criminally underused. I mean, right now he has an A dot of five yards. Yeah. You know, he is the yeah. one of the most athletic. He might be one of the biggest buys if you are literally, if you're not contending other than Kittle. Ingram has such a high ceiling from what he's shown in the past. But he, I mean, yeah. that, that team's a wreck right now. Oh, it is. And I actually responded to this one on Twitter too. And I said that this, this was not enough for Kittle. And I believe that Mon was was guiding the same thing. Yeah. I said, hey, turn turn that third into maybe 21 first or or get something more yeah. out of it. That's that's what my advice was. Look, I'm, Ingram is a major step down right now. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, yeah. just not not involved enough, not getting it done. He, he is not does not have a receiving touchdown this year yet. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, look, he's got the first round pedigree. Was called back, and it was like oh, okay. And yeah, I think he but, has maybe a rushing touchdown, but I mean that's concerning. Yeah. Um, but he's super talented. He went like number twenty three overall back in twenty seventeen. Yeah. First rounder. You know, I love Jerry Judy. I just when I'm looking at Kittle, I think I get more out of this one. I think the problem here is you get into a situation where you got Kittle, right? And I have him in that other league, and I'm going to keep referencing this. And people, you know, they know that last year I went 13 and one and lost in the ship. So I'm all in, you know, like I, I was trading all off season to get those other pieces. And right now I'm in contention to win the, again. And I got offers for Waller straight for him. Someone offered me Ingram in a second. Somebody offered me Mark Andrews. Even we get into a dilemma sometimes and of underselling, right? Like, oh, I got to win the championship. And if you do that with Kittle, you're going to really regret it because yeah. Kittle is the tight end one or two, depending on where you look at things. And if you're giving that up and you're not getting Waller plus or Hawkinson plus or Andrews plus, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to feel it next year. Mung, am I right on that? Or what are you looking to get here? Yeah. Like John said, I think I replied to this one on Twitter. I would want a little bit more value here as well. That said, I don't mind underselling Kittle um, for win now pieces. But the problem with this deal is I just don't know how much Judy and Ingram right. help you win right. now because, right. if, of if, course, Judy had a big game this past week. Um, but, you know, Tim Patrick's coming back at some point. Uh, so that's still, you know, we don't know what that target share is going to look like. Yeah. And to John's point, you know, Ingram doesn't have a touchdown yet. And we just don't know if this Giants offense is going to get better this year. Right. If this is a deal to get, you know, if there was another deal where someone dealt a very similar type thing. And instead of Judy, he got Calvin Ridley. Now, I know he's banged up, but that's the kind of move where if you want, I love Judy, but that second piece, Ingram's got to be a better tight end than that. You know, there's got to be a tight end that's going to help you win. And we're not even sure if Ingram's going to, we're going to talk about a lot of bargain bin tight ends at the end. And Ingram might not even be that guy. I mean, there are, he is not in that realm, what we're looking at somebody to win you a title right now. I mean, you'd be better off getting Gronk and Judy in a second, you know, because then you have an opportunity to actually win the championship and then have a guy like Jerry Judy, where you're not going to feel quite as bad. You know, that might wait. You might get best of both worlds where you win it. And you got that young upside piece. Um, next one sent in from Jeremiah McMillan at JM J McMillan 54. He said that he was going with Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, and a mid to late 21 second for Kittle in a 10 team league. Now I think the 10 team league here changes it a little bit. This is almost identical to what we were just talking about, right? He's got a win now piece in Melvin Gordon. He's got a fantastic upside tight end in Noah Fant, and he gets a mid to late second, but we're talking about a 10 team league here where studs matter even more, which makes this one super tight for me. Uh, Mung, let's, let's start with you on this one. This one feels really tight to me. I mean, is this, is this something that you'd be willing to do? It's a contender. Melvin Gordon's a depreciating asset. No offense, an ascending asset. Can we do this one? Uh, no. <laughs> I like Fance, but, uh, you know, Philip Lindsay's getting more involved now that he's healthy. I, I don't know that Gordon's more than a flex the rest of the way unless Lindsay misses time again. Um, again, I don't mind selling for Fant Plus, but I, I just think the other piece or pieces would need to either help now a little bit more or be worth a little bit more that you could then flip for something else that could help you now. Yeah. And it's great that Jeremiah put that it's a 10 team league. Cause this is a 14 team league. I'm doing it. If it's a 12 team, I'm on the fence. If it's 10, I'm still saying, I keep seeing trades where it's like, should I give up these four players for Christian McCaffrey or give up the, 
depth isn't as important in a 10 team league because you have those guys there. John, yeah. what do you think? The game changes. Yeah. I would push your cowbell a little, little further away. I'm staying away from this one. Yeah. The cowbell, I, it's, it's yeah, out. It's over it. there Leave in the corner right now. Yeah. So it's not the worst trade, but we're, we're going to stay away from that one. Uh, Jason Moore sends in a deal and not Jason Moore from fantasy footballers, but at coach J Mayo, he said Kittle straight up for digs. Now this is to me, another version of underselling because Diggs is approaching that 28 year old season, I believe. And you know, a 28 year old wide receiver versus a 28 year old tight end. One of them's at, you know, the top of the class Diggs is probably in that wide receiver, what 10 to 15 range in, when it comes to dynasty. It, I feel like you can get more. I you think know, you, you might regret break. doing that deal. Yeah, for yeah absolutely. That was a little bit easier. And I got one more Kittle here before we shake things up. Uh, at Steve, and I love when you guys put like 47 numbers in your Twitter handle, 979-23103. Uh, you know, that might be like a prison code or a license plate. I'm not quite sure. But he's sending Acres and Chenault for Kittle. He's getting Kittle. To me, let's be honest, this is how winning is done. If you can give up LaVisca Chenault, who I know Jesse's all about, and you can give up Acres who's, you know, struggling to get usage and get Kittle. So you're giving up, you know, a back-end RB2 and and kind of get those kind of things. Talk to me about that deal a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I'll jump in there. I, you know, I, I actually would would definitely take Kittle on that deal. I'm, I, I do believe Akers is going to be a, a really nice asset, and so it's not – it doesn't kill me. Either way, you know, it's it's um, a pretty even trade, but – for sure, Kittle is the, is the asset that I want in that one. What, what do you think, Mo? I think those numbers in his Twitter handle are code for hashtag smash accept because <laughs> I don't think this one's even close. Uh, but but I, I was never as yeah. high on Acres as I think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've seen enough from Daryl Henderson to think that this could just be a committee going forward. Uh, yeah. It's certainly possible that Akers will still take over that lead role. I, I do think he's a good running back, uh, but I don't see him being utilized as a workhorse like Gurley was for a couple of years there. Um, yeah, this one's pretty clear to me. We just went back to the cowbell, Mike. That's, one last ring there. Maybe. I had to I had to run out of the room because I got so excited about the next part of the topic. <laughs> you know, let, let's talk about this here a little bit. I'm going to get bold with you guys. TJ Hawkinson, to me, if he keeps up the pace that he's on, will be in that same tier as these guys next year. And hear me out here a little bit, okay? Kittle is going to be 28 years old. Kelsey, he's going to be 32. You know, So TJ Hawkinson right now ranks as the tight end four through the first eight weeks. Having a fantastic season. Obviously, you know, hopefully we're going to lock on to him here a little bit more with Stafford out. But Galladay's banged up. I feel like he could really have – a incredible second half. You know, he's on pace right now. He has 41 targets, 29 receptions, 321 yards, four touchdowns, which puts him on pace for 58, 650, and eight, you know, which would make him last year. That would have been the tight end four. He's on pace for that tight end four this year. So that puts him in a spot where he's going to, he's 23 years old. He's going to be entering that 24 year old season. Kittle at 23 was still in college. So his 24-year-old season was his rookie season where he went 43, 5, 15, and 2. You know? And then he exploded that next year. where That was the year where we were all like, that's the guy you got to have. You know, It was 90-plus receptions, 1,375 yards. I mean, he balled out. Right now, you get Hawkinson at a discount. What I'm trying to do, if I have Kittle 
and I'm contending, and I've already done this on a, on a, made some offers. I am trying to get TJ Hawkinson in a first. We talk about it on the trade show all the time. It's an insulated trade. I think Hawkinson is the next Kittle. I think he's that next guy to explode. And if you buy him before he does that, we all know year three is the breakout year. He's already starting to break out, and he looks like a true game changer at the tight end position. He's five years younger than Kittle. He's, I'm bad at math, but eight years younger than, than Kelsey. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe TJ Hawkinson, and I have him ranked as my tight end three preseason. I had him as my tight end five, and I actually got laughed out of the room a lot of times. The only guy that seemed to really agree with me was my man, Goat District. Um, what do you guys think about TJ Hawkinson, the season he's having, and the upside of him potentially being in that same tier as those guys next season? I know it's bold. I know it's bold. I uh, I apologize in advance for raining on your parade here. Um, I I have no issue uh, if a contending team lost Kittle and they they sell Kittle for Hawkinson in the first because I do think that Hawkinson's going to be a solid tight end one, um, especially in PPR formats. I just don't see the elite ceiling for him. Uh, like you're saying that he's going to be in that Kittle and Kelsey tier next year. Um, and that's where I'm not on board because to your point, Hawkinson is the tight end four on the season. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the actual points scored, you know, he's, he's around 87 points in PPR and that's a lot closer to the, the second tier with, with Tunyon, Hurst, Andrews, Janu, all in that 80 point range versus Kelsey, who's at 143 points. And then Kittle had almost a hundred points, even missing, you know, two and a half games. Right. So to me, you know, with Kenny Galladay likely still there, um, we don't know if Matt Patricia is going to get fired at some point. Um, with, well, right. Uh, but we, you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty uh, with the Lions moving forward. Right. And to me, I just don't see Hawkinson as, you know, one of the centerpieces of the offense. He'll certainly be involved, uh, but I just don't see him reaching that elite tier for me right now for the foreseeable future, it's still Kittle and Kelsey. See, for me, he is very, I mean, being that Iowa tight end, those are the guys, and he is one of the most complete tight ends. They're just using him a lot more in the red zone. And I see, you know, I see it. I know a lot of people are, he's under the radar for some. Others absolutely love him. John, what do you think of TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, I, I think I am actually closer to where you're at on on TJ Hawkinson, Mike, and I, I can I can absolutely see putting him at tight end three. I do hesitate a little bit to put him in the tier of Kelsey and Kittle, but I, you know I maybe challenge him on a little bit. I mean, yeah, I think the ceiling really could be really high. I mean, I think it's more I mean, of a, it's him. more of a Kelsey yeah. type than he is a Kittle. You I know, think so. like I mean, just like you said, his own ability and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, he, he he is just so hard to cover. I mean, he just he's that do it all type of prospect. Remember, he was drafted number eight overall. So was um, Eric Ebron. I mean, same team. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair enough. That aside, um, I mean, I remember he was the nation's top tight end in 2018 as a redshirt sophomore at Iowa. Yeah. And um, he, he he's always going to be on the field. He's a great blocker. I mean, 6'5", 247, hard to cover. Uh, I, I remember Matt Waldman had him as his top tight end prospect coming out and got my attention. Yeah. And yeah. He, he, he's starting to show us what he can do. Um, so could he, he, if I look at all the tight end prospects, he just feels like one of the guys that could maybe make it up there to that tier. He's not there yet, but your, your point is, is dead if on. He, Mike. If he, he finishes grab this guy tight, now, yeah. 
Because yeah. when we're talking startups next year, it's all about team build. And we're talking about now, I, I still think Kittle's there, but you got to really think long and hard where Kelsey's probably going to fall into that third round and Hawkinson's going to be maybe fourth round, fifth round. And you're, it's nine years difference. I mean, after Kittle goes in the early part, you got to start thinking about how you want to build your team with your tight ends. And let, let's get into some trades because there was a lot of TJ Hawkinson questions out there right now. Um, thank you for letting me be bold and do my little rant there. You know, usually I just take the, the host chair and let you guys talk it up. But right now we got some deals out there. The first one sent in from Scott Ferguson one. He said, this is a dynasty or rebuild in a 14 teamer. He was, you got TJ Hawkinson or Henry Ruggs and what will be the 113 or the 114. So in a 14 team tight end premium. So we got to, we got to think about the team build here again, where, you know, the positional advantage from the top three to four to tight end 14 can be absolutely huge. Twitter had it at 67% Hawkinson, 33% Ruggs in a first. Are you guys in agreement with Twitter? I I am. I am for sure. I, 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 I would definitely want Hawkinson in that deal. Uh, you know, you always want a, a first or a late first. Uh, and, and Ruggs is, was also considered kind of a late first, right? So yeah. it, it's not terrible. It, it's okay value, but I want the, the better prospect here. Mung, you were a little bit lower on Hawk. Is this good enough for you to get the deal done? I, I think it's pretty close in value. Um, Hawkinson, this being a 14-team league, is obviously a little bit more valuable, so I would lean that side. Um, but, you know, we've seen some flashes from Rugs, and its value is going to continue to rise as the season progresses as well. Uh, so I think it's pretty fair value, but I, I would lean Hawkinson because it is a deeper league. All right, next one sent in from Tijapot, at Tijapot. He sends in full 12-team PPR tight end premium, DJ Moore and Robert Woods, and he is a contender, or Sutton, Hawkinson, and a second. So this one becomes a little bit more, you know, we don't have all the details there. You guys know I love DJ Moore, but DJ Moore and Robert Woods or Sutton and Hawkinson. I'm thinking the Sutton-Hawkinson side is probably a little bit more rebuilding. So, I, I mean, I feel like since he's contending, he went after Moore and Woods. Are you guys okay with his deal? Or is this one where you feel like next year this one could bite? Uh, yeah, I don't love it. Um, it's not it's not terrible, but I think Moore and Sutton are fairly close in value for me. We're seeing uh, Drew Locke throwing downfield with pretty decent success so far. And, you know, Tim Patrick's had some good games here, but Sutton should still return as that clear number one guy once he's healthy next year. Um, and then given Woods' age and then Goff's been spreading the ball around and just not looking great, uh, not very efficient for the Rams' offense in general, I would take Hawkinson over Woods straight up. And, you know, that that's three seconds. Yeah, that's the understatement of the year. Do you guys see the game Cooper Cup had? 21 targets. I've never seen somebody get 21 targets and come away with 11 receptions and 100 yards and people acted like it was a good game. I mean, you're talking five yards a target. That's that's rough. And Goff looks a little bit on the rough side. John, is this enough for you? You know, it seems like which side do you want? You're contending, obviously, you want DJ Moore. But do you feel like next year this is something that I know you and I are on the Jerry Judy's, the wide receiver one in Denver kind of train. But what what do you think of this trade? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty even. But I still slightly lean towards the Hawkinson side. Uh, right. and, and you know that I haven't been quite as high on DJ Moore. Um, 
look, if you're contending, maybe you make a run with the with with uh, him and Woods. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm 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 kind of with Mung. I don't I don't really love it. Yeah, I think the uh, the second round picks on the wrong side here. Yeah, this one I absolutely love. My man Tyler Thiel sent it at Thiel twelve. He just lost Kittle, okay? So he's thinking, and he's not saying I'm dealing Kittle. What he did was my man swung for the fences, and he got he got Tyler he got Hawkinson TJ Hawkinson for DJ Chark and Mike Davis. Mike Davis is going to be a back burner piece here by as soon as maybe this week, maybe next week when McCaffrey comes back. DJ Chark and Hawkinson in a 12-team league, which is tight end premium. I feel like my man nailed it here. John? Smash except. Get that cowbell up, Mike. Cowbell's going, baby. Woo! Yeah, I feel like this is the way to do it. I mean, he's going to go into next year in a 12-team tight end premium with what I'm thinking is the tight end one and the tight end three or tight end two and tight end three. You know, he's got two top five tight ends now where I do think DJ Chark is a low-key buy right now. I think Jake Lute. Uh, Luton's going to be throwing him the ball because Minshew missed him bad a lot. And I was watching games and there was a lot of frustration with shark, but I feel like this is a great move here and I got to applaud you on this one, Tyler. I mean, this is, you're going to go into next year with both Kittle and Hawkinson. Now let's move on to last year's TJ Hawkinson, the guy who we all wanted to be that he was that Twitter darling, Mark Andrews. And Mark Andrews was what everyone was saying was the tight end three and saying the exact same thing that I'm saying is he's going to join that tier if he has a good year this year. Right now he sits as the tight end 14 right behind Logan Thomas. Yep, I said that. Logan Thomas. You know, the Ravens offense is struggling. Let's talk about some of these kind of trades we have going on. The first trade sent in from Mac underscore FF Ball sends in. He got Hawkinson and Miles Gaskin for Mark Andrews in a second. Are you taking Mark Andrews in the second or are you taking Gaskin? who this may or may not have been before the injury. We obviously know he's out there. And Hawkinson. What kind of deal are we making here? Mung, break it down here for me a little bit. This one seems pretty fair to me. I think Hawkinson and Andrews are in that same tier. Uh, as we talked about before, the Ravens offense has struggled a little bit, but Andrews is still you know, one of Lamar Jackson's favorite targets. I, I do think he'll be all right long-term. And then, you know, a second round pick for Gaskin seems fair. He's been a workhorse when healthy this year. Um, so for a contender, I, I think he would take Hawkinson and Gaskin. And if you're rebuilding, I have no issue with selling Gaskin uh, and flipping Hawkinson for Andrews here. I totally agree with that. And I like how I love when a trade comes together and kind of like the Kittle for Kelsey thing where the contending team gets what they want. I always say the best dynasty teams have two or three teams that are in that championship run, you know, two or three in the middle four or five there towards the end. My math's not good, but obviously it would be good four, four, and four. But your best dynasty leagues are set up where you got true contenders and you got true rebuilders. And then you got a couple guys that aren't quite there. And this seems like a perfect move, like you said, for a guy who wants to rebuild and then another guy who wants to go for a title run. Another, you know, at IDP underscore fantasy fleas sent in. Now he's playing in a 10-team non-PPR. So he's playing like it's 1997. Um, you know, it's complete dinosaur but he's Mark Andrews or David Montgomery in a second. John? Was it tight end premium? Nope. It's no PPR, no tight end premium. It's as vanilla as you get. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I think that we've kind of stated the concern. What's interesting about Andrews, I'm going to come back to a point, just kind of a side point I want to emphasize here is 
Andrews is clearly considered one of the higher tight ends, but he's really not getting those receptions. Mung was right. I mean, he's he's looking very touchdown dependent yep. right now. And so be careful with that in, in your in your scoring format. Uh, he he's really um in a in a non-tight end premium league, he's just not super exciting. Uh if you need a running back, I'm okay picking up Montgomery, but I don't love Montgomery either. So I'm I'm struggling with this one a little bit. Uh, there in a 10-team league, I could go either way on it. I guess that tells me that it's somewhat even. Not Twitter, a strong feeling on that one. Twitter had it at a blowout of Mark Andrews at 64 and David Montgomery as a second at mm-hmm. 36%. But sometimes I think Twitter, and I love you guys on Twitter, don't get me wrong, but sometimes we just see the names and don't read the cues. And that's why I hear it smash, except we're literally trying to break it down as much detail as possible. Um, when you're looking at that, well, you know, it, it's a tricky type situation because is Mark Andrews – in a not in a ten teamer that's not tight end premium. Yes, he scores the touchdown, so that might elevate him a little bit more so than our our true pass catchers because we're trying to get those guys that do catch tight touchdowns. So it's a tricky one, Monk. I think Twitter got this one right. I think they nailed it. Uh, this is Andrews pretty easily for me because, as you said, he is more touchdown dependent, which actually gives him more value in non PPR because. You know, the five, six catches from Kittle don't count for anything if it's only, yeah. you know, 40, 50 yards. Yeah. And then for Montgomery, you know, in a 10-team league, he's not that great. He's a, what, flex play maybe? Um, and his value has been pretty dependent on PPR with the receptions as well because the Chicago offense really isn't doing much on the ground. So, you know, I, I don't see Montgomery as a great piece in non-PPR either. So I would rather take... Uh, a shot that Andrews and the Ravens offense is going to rebound here, especially in that shallower 10-team format. Yeah, I find it very ironic that the guys from last year and this year's draft, you know, Montgomery last year, Taylor this year, where their biggest concern coming out was catching passes. And that's that's what's holding their value up right now. I mean, Jonathan Taylor struggled. David Montgomery has struggled. But he's actually third in the NFL in running backs in routes run. I mean, who would have anticipated that? But that Bears offense is just struggling. And, yeah, no, I get it either way. Um, as far as the tight end landscape, we put it out there for you guys on Twitter. And you guys, obviously, you know, you came up with with Kelsey 1 and Kittle 2. And then, you know, I said Hawkinson 3. But you guys said Darren Waller 3. Is there a more underrated tight end than Darren Waller? He was the tight end 2 last year in tight end premium. Now he's the tight end 3. He leads all tight ends in targets. You know, he is still that centerpiece of the Raiders offense. You know, we all wanted to believe Brian Edwards. We all wanted Henry Ruggs. We're like, you know, he was a guy that I said, everybody said Waller was going to disappear a little bit. Darren Waller was someone that I picked up in the offseason with all the hype. I was getting him for second round picks all over the place in tight end premium. And it's paying off right now. I mean, he is only, he's 40 points behind Kelsey and no one's even close after that. You know, he's 20 points above Hawkinson right now. He's about, if you take the tight end 12, he's 60 points ahead of the tight end 12. So if you have Darren Waller, you have an advantage at that tight end position. Do you guys feel that the tight end three is, is where Darren Waller begins or belongs? And is that a guy that, you know, right now, if you have Kittle and you want to get that, that guy to push you over the, over the top, are you willing to pay a first round pick for Darren Waller? John, we'll start with you. Yeah, I have Waller in that tier of with with Andrews and Hawkinson. Yeah. And I think he's right there. I'm actually really impressed that 
that Twitter had him that high. Yeah, they nailed it. A lot of times, yeah, he seems underrated a lot of times, to your point, Mike. I mean, I was picking him up in the um, preseason before last season started. I'm so glad that I did, um, especially in those tight end premium leagues. He, he's just a mismatch, athletic freak. He is 28, and people get worried about the age, but he doesn't have much tread on the tires, right? He wasn't really even in the league. I love his comeback story. Uh, he's in an offense where Gruden loves to, to revolve around the tight end and the running back, right? And so he's going to continue to get fed. He's scoring more touchdowns this year. So uh, would I trade a first-rounder for for Waller? Yeah, if it was like a, a, a mid-to-late, First rounder for Waller, and I'm contending, yeah, I would do that. And it gives you that positional advantage. Yeah, I mean, we got to look at this here. Kittle and Waller are the same age. We look at last year, and they were three points off in fantasy. You know, and I'm not saying they're the same player. In no way, shape, or form am I saying Darren Waller is George Kittle. He was outperforming in this year. Last year, they almost had the same. They had the same age. But we all put Kittle as a, you know, he cost three firsts. And we're debating if Darren Waller's worth one first, you know, and I'm not saying that they're the same player, but I'm saying he is that underrated piece that can get you a championship for, I think if you have that 110 to 112, you put that first round pick down and I feel like he's a guy that's going to win you a championship. Mung? Yeah, Waller is a guy that I'm sorry to admit that I missed on this offseason. You know, I actually wrote about how it would be tough for him to maintain this kind of target volume with rugs, with Edwards, um, how much they wanted to run. But really, none of it matters because Derek Carr loves throwing to him. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's really what matters, right? Target volume, target share, red zone usage. Those are all important things for tight ends. And, uh, you know, I actually just made a trade today. I know I talked to you guys about it earlier where I sold Amari Cooper for Waller in an early second round pick in a league where I just lost Kittle and, I do see him as, you know, a top five guy for the foreseeable next couple of years. Yeah, and he's a great guy to pick like up for your stretch run. John and I talked about it last year or last week where we're, we want to break down what kind of schedule they have. I mean, if you're talking about picking up a guy like Darren Waller, you want to know, if, does he have a cushiony schedule? And we're looking at, you know, he has one, two, three, four top 10 weeks, you know, against bottom 10 defenses. He's going to get the Chargers in week 15. He's going to get Miami in week 16. You know, he has got some cushion matchups coming up. He's got Atlanta, you know, when you're pushing on there. Darren Waller, I feel like, is a great buy if you lost Kittle. And you don't want to give up Kittle, you know. I feel like you might lose out if you get Waller plus. But if you can get Waller for a first-round pick or you can, you know, ship off, you might have some depth at at wide receiver or running back, this is a guy you can get cheap, you know, and and – I feel like he's still going to put up those numbers next year where he's still going to be a top five dynasty tight end. And you guys can take that one to the bank. I think Darren Waller is a league winner. Yeah, his late breakout uh, kind of reminds me of Delaney Walker, who a lot of people were hesitant to believe in. But, uh, you know, if you picked up Walker for two, three years, he was a top five guy. Yeah. And and the, the thing was, is he was free in the offseason. You know, there was that little bit of hype, and you hear those things, and you got to have those kind of tight ends on your on your roster. A guy we're going to talk about later was one of those guys that I got absolutely for free in all my leagues, and that was, you know, Logan Thomas. There was some buzz about him. There was some things going on. Again, another late, you know, late breakout kind of guy, but he's having a, a low-key good season here, and we're going to talk about him. But before we do that, are you guys in agreement then? They have Twitter has Andrews as tight end four. Hawkinson is tight end five and Noah Fant as tight end six. 
After that, they get really dicey of who everybody likes. The Twitter poll was all over the place, but it seemed like that was their tier. You know, they had those tier of those four guys. John, you didn't have Fant in there, but he's he's approaching that list, and that seems to be how Twitter has it. Where do you guys have that top six? Yeah, I I actually have Goddard right there at six for me, just behind, like we said, Hawk, Andrews, and Waller. Yeah. Uh, so I I have Goddard just above him. Um, you, you're a Philly guy. You, you know that he could absolutely be the heir apparent to Zach Hurts. They love yeah. throwing the ball to the tight end. They run a lot of 12 personnel with, with two tight ends. I, with or without Hurts, I think it's pretty clear Goddard is is going to be the man. Uh, he's 25, and he, he you know he's drafted in the second round, so he's got some of the pedigree. I think that he's um, just a notch above Noah Fant for me, just to speak on Noah Fant. I also look Noah Fant is is a complete athletic freak. We remember when he ran the four five forty. Yeah, he's six four two forty nine. That's like that's like a running back forty time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's number twenty overall in, in one of those classic Iowa tight ends. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I just don't know. I, one one little concern is is Albert O. I think we're just we're gonna give up on the last name. Albert O is what we're calling him. Yeah, we're not um, pronouncing that. No. Yeah, he. I did look it up. So Fant ran this past week as an example. Ran thirty three routes to Albert O's twelve. So okay, maybe it's not as big of a concern. But he did. He's getting those red zone looks, and that's what you start to worry about. That Noah Fant isn't going to be uh, as much of a factor in the red zone. As, as Dallas Gardner, we know he is. They love targeting tight ends in Philly in the red zone. Um, I mean, it seems like Zach Gertz was like eight touchdowns every season there for a while, or you know, six, seven, eight touchdowns. That's what I think we can expect for Goddard too. And so that that is kind of what I um, used as a, a slight edge to him over Noah Fan. Yeah, John, it sounds like we almost have the exact same top eight and set of tiers here, you know, Kelsey Kittle in that top tier by themselves. And then the next tier with Hawkinson, um, Hawkinson, Andrews and Waller, depending on how you guys want them. I mean, I have Hawkinson three, but I have no problem with Waller three, you know, those three guys are interchangeable. And then to me, I had it that next tier. I had it as Fant and Goddard, you know, like I put them in their own. Mm-hmm. I wasn't quite ready to put them in the same level as Hawkinson, Andrews or Waller yeah. just because of past production, but I can see it. You know, those are the top seven. Mung, um, any any disagreement there, or any different of thinking? I know you know sometimes you you bring us down here a little bit and try to try to make us think a little bit more, and I love that about you. Um, how's that sound to you? I mean, is that where you're seeing the top seven, or do you have anybody else to add into that top seven? Yeah, I think that's about right. I would have Goddard, uh, you know, a little bit higher like John does. Mm -hmm. Um, But I guess the other name that I would consider sliding in there, even if it's at the back end, would be Johnny Smith. Yeah. Because I think, you know, his numbers have been down since Corey Davis has come back healthy. Um, So the target share is lacking. But if we're talking about pure explosiveness, pure talent, I think Johnny might be, you know, he's in that Hawkinson top three, four range. We've seen what he can do. Um, he just, you know, Tennessee isn't throwing to him as much. Tannehill has been focusing on, on Davis and AJ Brown, of course, is there. But if we saw eight, 10 targets for Johnu Smith every game, I think he would tie. Yeah, no, I, I agree there. I actually had him as my tight end eight. And I think that's a great, great addition there. Um, you know, and I, I feel like this is the, the tight end landscape. These are the guys you want to mm-hmm. go after. If you're going to make a Kittle trade, that you're not going to regret. It's got to be one of these seven or eight guys. Otherwise, I feel like you're really going to regret it unless you really upgrade at another position. 
A um, couple other guys, you know, I'm going to just bring up, and then I want you guys to that, that next tier gets very dicey. You know, some people are it's very polarizing. They can be some people really love them. Other people think you know that they're on the opposite spectrum. And that's you know Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, Hunter Henry, Mike Gesicki, Zach Ertz. Those guys are some of the most polarizing tight ends because you get guys like Gesicki who put up two and then they put up 29. You know, and Ertz is on the on the wrong side of 30. He's a little bit banged up. Hunter Henry, very touchdown dependent, but he's in a great offense. Hayden Hurst, right now he's the tight end five. Again, having a nice little breakout season. And then Evan Ingram, we've seen what he can do, but it's just not happening this year. Talk to me about some of those guys. You know, I mean, who do you see anybody from that group really emerging and, and putting themselves into that next level up? Or are you buying any of these guys? Yeah, I think in general, my philosophy would be if you're not getting one of the elite guys, uh, then pay for the cheapest one in these lower tiers because they're all fairly similar. I, I just don't see enough to separate any one of them from the others. Um, the only name I'll bring up real quick would be Zach Ertz because everyone's really down on him and he has looked slow. He's not looked great. But at the same time, if you're a contender and if you can snag Ertz, I think some are selling him for a second-round pick at this point, right? He's older. Uh, he did not look great. But the target share might still be there for him once he comes back because he has been Wentz's safety blanket for a few years now. Uh, the rapport is there. And part of the issue was when Rager and Jackson uh, were hurt and when Fulgham hadn't broken out yet was that defenses – <laughs> was that defense is just blanketed Ertz, so he couldn't really do anything. But having these options back actually opens up the offense and the underneath stuff for Ertz again. So if you're looking for a cheap veteran guy to maybe help you contend for the second half of the season, I'd pay a second-round pick for Ertz. I love it. And then you you segued in yeah. because I have a mandatory Travis Fulgham. It's in my contract. Hashtag Fulgham forever. You know, he has to be brought up in every episode. You know, I, I keep tweeting at him. I'm hoping he, like, responds, you know, that I'm his biggest fan. Um, John, who sticks out out of that group to you? Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, yeah. Hunter Henry, uh, and Mike Gusecki. Well, I'll definitely give Monk some props. I, I like the the move for Hurts. And yeah. we, we've already seen what he can do. Maybe he comes back a little fresh. It was, what, 2018, he had 116 catches, 1,200 yards, and eight touchdowns. We know what he can do. And so it'd be worth a move as a contender. Um, you know, I, I did have Johnny Smith as well as my eight, and I have a teardrop after that. Hunter Henry, I think, could be pretty interesting with Herbert, but he really hasn't shown it yet in that offense with Herbert. It hasn't topped 50 yards, only one touchdown. So I'm a little hesitant on him. The one that's kind of interesting to me is Gasecki. He's been inconsistent too, but remember, Mike, what time it is, right? It's two, two a time. time. It is two a time. I know Could I was become, so excited, and this week yeah, he didn't. He didn't have show it. us like, a lot. Of, he, we didn't need to in week one, in yeah. his first week, yeah. right? So, um, might need a little patience there. But you know, I think I could see too, especially as a rookie, um, needing that tight end security blanket, maybe in the red zone too. Gusecki's very athletic. Could he become a big part of that offense? They traded away Isaiah Ford, so maybe kind of over the middle, uh, they they get a little bit more dependent on Gusecki, um, and so. That's the other one that could be kind of interesting. I'm not 100% sold, but I, I would consider that one too. Um, yeah. Last one would be uh, Tanya. So she'd throw that one in. I think that he has established himself as the, the top guy in Green Bay over, over Sternberger. And he's once you earn that Aaron Rodgers trust, 
you know, you, you could see Aaron Rodgers continue to go back to him. He had that big blow-up game. He's still getting a fair amount of targets. So those are the other ones I would throw out there. I absolutely love it. You guys are like, I, that was my next thing. Like, you guys are literally in, in the huddle here with me. Those are the guys I feel like, you know, you're trying to fill in for Kittle so you might give a second, you know. And and Ertz, to me, Ertz and Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst are still going to give you a great shot at a championship. I feel like Evan Ingram and Mike Gusecki are guys that you buy low on and maybe they turn into, you know, the next the next big thing. Let's talk about some bargain bin guys. You know, I, I alluded to Logan Thomas, who I'm I'm picking up everywhere on the cheap end right now. He's been he's, you know, tight end 13 and he's had some good games. I mean, you know, he's got 21 receptions, 208 yards, three touchdowns, but he's had a couple games here where he's been a top 12 tight end, you know, week one against Philly, he had 13 fantasy points, uh, week six, 13 fantasy points against the giants week seven, 16 points against Dallas. So you get them NFC East teams. It definitely helps, but I mean, he's starting to, to really accumulate some targets here and be a part of that offense where there hasn't been a game this year. He has had under four targets. He's had eight, nine, 10 targets in games. He's a low key guy that you could probably get for a third that might be able to just keep you good enough. If the rest of your team is looking fantastic, if you lost Kittle. Yeah, I like that one. I'll throw another bargain bin one at you. In tight end premium leads, especially Irv Smith. Ooh, the kid is Herb 22 Smith. years old. Kyle Rudolph is going to be gone. Uh, Minnesota apparently likes to throw the ball more. You could see all that coming together for this kid. I just got him off the waiver wire in tight end premium leads. I mean, no way. On. In a dynasty. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, in dynasty dynasty you know? tight end premium. Come on. I got him in an FFPC league. Everybody um, really wanted yeah. him. Yeah, and FFPC, if you guys don't play, they're fantastic. Shallow they're rosters. Right. Shallow yeah. rosters. I play there yeah. in the pros versus Joes, and it, it's a fun format, but sometimes you got to make some tough calls, and I, I get that with Irv Smith. Um, he was someone in the offseason we all wanted to. He was that that hype guy, right? So now we're talking mm-hmm. about post-hype sleeper. He hasn't really performed, and he definitely has the talent. I mean, he's a guy that coming out of Alabama looked fantastic, so that's a great one. Mung, why don't you hit us up with another uh, bargain guy here? Yeah, I'll do you one better. I got three. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, real quick, I'll, I'll try not to go over on time here, but uh, Jordan Akins, um, he's uh, a tight end who we saw getting playing time and targets over Darren Fells uh, the first couple weeks in Houston uh, before he hurt his ankle. Uh, he started practicing today, and if he reclaims that number one role, uh, you know, he's pretty much free right now. You can get him for a third-round pick, something like that. Um, he's someone who could really help down the stretch. Um, pure volume play, Dalton Schultz. Uh, we know how bad that Cowboys defense is. And whether it's Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush, whoever it is under center, uh, they're going to be throwing a lot. And, you know, those check down targets to the tight end, that could be, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Dalton Schultz finished as a top 12 or so PPR tight end. He probably won't get you any huge games, but, you know, that six catches or so for 50 yards, 40 yards even, um, that'll get you a couple wins here and there. Uh, and then finally, um, oh man, I'm blanking all of a sudden. Who's my third guy here? Well, let me give you one while you're thinking of that one here, because I'm trying to think of a contender kind of guy that you can get for nothing that I think you can get for a fourth round pick. I'm not going to lie. And that's Eric Ebron. I know Eric Ebron is very touchdown dependent, but if, oh, you're a, if you're a contending team, I mean, we're looking at since week three, he's put up 16, seven, you know, he had a little bit of a dud in week six, but 11, 14.8. I mean, those are some nice tight end numbers there where he is really becoming that security blanket um, 
for Big Ben down the stretch. And if you look at the playoffs, he gets Buffalo, who's fourth worst against the tight end, Cincinnati, who's second worst. I mean, his schedule is the softest tight end schedule rest of the season. So if you're looking for a guy who has an opportunity, you don't really have a lot of picks left. You know, sometimes contenders, they they throw around their picks like candy and they probably only got fourth rounders left or, or you know, Adrian Peterson type players. Push that fourth round pick and you could probably get Eric Ebron at least maybe two fours or a late third. And I think you get him and you, you know, you still have an opportunity to win that title. Mung, do you think of that other guy? Yeah, and I think this brings us pretty much full circle, uh, given that this is the Kittles Taste the Tight End Rainbow show. Um, Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly. Ross right? There you yes. go. Uh, those are two guys who they're going to need to throw to the tight end in that offense. Um, you know, it's Nick Mullen, C.J. Beathard, nothing to get too excited about, but we saw C.J. Beathard in garbage time target Kittle in that game against the Eagles, what, like 12, 13 times in a, a quarter and yeah. a half? So, you know, Jordan Reed is probably going to be the guy, uh, but we all we also know that he has trouble staying healthy. He'll play so, for a game, yeah. His only start when, with, with Kittle out, seven receptions, yeah, 50 yards, two touchdowns. We know he's super talented. He's a concussion away from death. He's definitely, like, looking on that injury list. But I picked up Ross Dwelly, and that was a great point. I got him yeah. for, you know, a penny or nothing yeah. or $1.00. In like all my leagues, and and I feel like those are great additions there, Mung. And speaking of great additions, I mean, I gotta thank you guys. You guys are, I, I love this group, Smash. Except, you know, we we formed this several months ago. It's really starting to get some traction. I got some T-shirts in the works. You know, we got a lot of cool things going on. We're talking about, you know, setting up a Patreon for you guys. Keep hitting us up with that hashtag Smash. Except, guys, why don't you tell them where they can find you guys and anything you're working on right now. Yeah. Once again, John, you can find me at dynasty underscore trades. I got a fever, Mike. Oh, prescription. It's more cowbell, but I'm not even ready for it. Yes, I am. Yeah, that's that's it. Love it. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Oh, love it, man. I love having you guys on here. Mung, what's going on with you, man? Yeah, it's always great to talk with you guys. Um, again, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I know I missed some questions here and there, but you can always find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Um, and then, as I mentioned at the beginning, too, uh, I have a weekly column at Fantrax. Uh, you know, Jordan Akins, that was a guy I talked about last week. And, you know, some of the tight ends that we've hit on here, uh, you know, I've talked about in the last few weeks. And, yeah, it's uh, it's always trading. Uh, you know, stay active in your leagues. It's only we're only halfway through the year. Yeah, we're definitely three of the most active trade you know accounts on Twitter. If you put all three of us on here and one of them do, one of us doesn't respond, Twitter shut down. You know, we're <laughs> something's definitely wrong. So we really you know what I say at the end of every podcast is just enjoy the process. These guys do. I love the process. I want you guys to really just enjoy trading and and just take on and john says it every episode and i love it i went through today and i made a trade in every single one of my leagues do that once a week get into the habit of that's making it. trades because that's Catch what makes fever. that's what separates redraft from dynasty and if you're in a dynasty league convince some of your buddies to join into it i mean i got a couple of my friends then they got friends and we got a network of like 200 people now just from starting a couple people say hey why don't you try out dynasty i mean it is the way to go you make the trades don't be that owner who sits there and doesn't you got to be active. You got to be, you got to be pushing the envelope, make them trades and enjoy the process guys.
guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell.